0: Softball season is right around the corner for the Oklahoma State Cowgirls. February 8th, they kick things off uh, in California, playing California State University Northridge. So we thought it'd be a great time to bring you an interview with Oklahoma State hitting coach Vanessa Shippy Fletcher, where she talks all things, her new position, life as an assistant coach in softball. So be sure to check this out. But before we get to our interview with Coach Shippy, we're going to Bring you some uh, messages from our sponsors who support our show. Two Fellas Movers, the National Cowboy and Western Heritage Museum, MidFirst Bank, FireLakeJobs.com, and Oklahoma Ford dealers. Drive into your best in Oklahoma Ford dealers today for the best deals on Ford's full lineup of trucks and SUVs. Ford is the best in Oklahoma. Now let's get to Shippy. Hey everybody, welcome back to Two. On OSU, we're thankful today to be joined by Vanessa Shippy Fletcher, now the hitting coach at Cowgirl Softball. Uh, Shippy, I was uh, stumbling down a YouTube rabbit hole yesterday and I saw an interview you did in high school, where in high school you knew you wanted to be a softball coach. Did you find out before high school, when was that moment you decided, I want to be coaching softball?
1: Yeah, that's a funny question, actually. So in high school, I wanted to, like early high school, I wanted to be a surgeon and I wanted to do transplants, like organ transplants. And I just was fully convinced that's what I was going to do. And then I went on my first college visit and they were telling me about all the school that I was going to have to do for that. And I was like, yeah, never mind. I don't really want to do that. So, um, Softball had always been my passion. I My dad was my coach, so I obviously grew up around coaches. Um, and he always forced me to learn every bit of the game, learn everyone's position, even if it wasn't mine. Um, and so I just loved the ins and outs of that and coaching. And um, some of the most influential people in my life were coaches. And so I just decided that that's something that I would pursue. Um, and then in college, I actually decided I majored in finance and kind of decided as my backup plan that um, I would be able to be a registered financial advisor and do that. It's a passion of mine too. Um, But then when the opportunity came up to go coach at Syracuse, which was where I started, um, I decided to pursue that path first and I've obviously stuck with it. So here we are.
0: No doubt. It's kind of an important uh, important topic because In the summer, of course, the NCAA paved the way for four softball coaches to now be paid and opening up many more coaching opportunities. When you were, you know, a young kid thinking about getting into coaching, did you think about maybe having to spend time as a volunteer and and, and do some some really hard things to kind of get to a uh, to get to a more prominent coaching role?
1: Um, yes and no, I guess. I would say yes, only because I guess I wouldn't have assumed I would be a volunteer, but the fact that I get paid to, uh, be a coach of a sport and coach a sport all day long, um, to provide for my family is like surreal anyway. So going through some years that it wasn't, um, crazy amount of finances coming in was still, like, I guess what probably most people expect when they think about becoming a coach. Like, there's usually not a lot of financial backing behind that. You just do it because you love it. Um, And fortunately, the NCAA, like, NCAA softball in general has exploded and made it possible to um, make it a career and make it a pretty good financial career um, as well. But I don't think anyone gets into coaching for the money. If you do, there's actually way better things to go into you can work way less hours and make way more money so um, I don't think anyone really gets into it for the money so um, it was an easy decision to be able to maybe I guess be the volunteer and and I was still fortunate we run some good camps here Um, we have some good donors that made it possible to still um, be making some money in a way to provide for my family while coaching but yeah I mean I'm not complaining about the position I'm in now you know
0: yeah, for it, real. If you were thing. trying to make, if you were trying to make money, you would have stuck with option one, the the surgeon, and then option two, financial planner. Yeah, that's
1: exactly. Cool. Exactly.
0: So it, what, was it, what was what it like? It. Oh, go ahead, Sam. Well, I, I was just gonna ask. It, it's worth pointing out, volunteer assistant. That's not like clock in whenever you feel like it. Go spend a couple hours at at the facility and you know scroll TikTok. Right. The, what is life now that you're past it? Um, and and for folks wondering am, am I willing to be a, a volunteer assistant I guess how, how tough is it but I mean you did it enough you passed up other opportunities I assume it's it's rewarding or a, at least a, a worthy step to, to be where you are now
1: oh yeah I mean to be very honest a lot of people have come up and been like wow like I bet your job's so much different now like unfortunately like I guess I don't know if unfortunately but I was still doing all the stuff I'm doing now putting in the same amount of hours Um now I can just say I actually get paid to do it. But, uh, but no, like as a volunteer, I would say I was here just as much as I am now. Um, Coaching is coaching, right? So like, you don't just get to pick and choose when you do it, or you're probably not very good at it. Um, It's a full time job, because really, we're not just teaching them how to play softball. Um, That's like a little bit of our job. But I'd say mostly like you're there as not a parent, but like, a mentor to them in all aspects like they come here especially as freshmen and they're no longer with their parents and kind of getting their hand held they have to manage their own time schedule at softball in school what their social life looks like are they getting enough sleep and that's a 24-7 job so um yeah no i, I would say that it's not a clock in and clock out just whenever you want it's probably something that you're committing to really. I I know that they're my family just as much as my family is, and um, that's why it's actually even possible for me to coach, because I have the best family ever. Like, my husband lives softball just as much as I do. Uh, My kids bleed orange just as much as we do, and my parents moved here and are at every game, Um, so it's a a whole family affair.
0: I know the the rule to allow four paid coaches. Um, It had been kind of talked about for a while and shot down before, and then finally approved in, in January. What was it like getting kind of that news that, that, Hey, this, this is going to go through. And also in previous years, how heartbreaking was it for maybe that to get shot down?
1: Yeah. I think the thing that was frustrating about it when it didn't get passed initially was just for the athletes more than anything. Like, we have a sport that is awesome, as we all know, and it's growing and we have a sport that nine people are on the on the field competing at a time. Whereas you've got basketball at times, they've got I mean they're they've got five at most and a ton of coaches, it feels like. So as far as just ratio goes for the kids, that was the no brainer to me. Is how are we not allowed to put enough coaches out there to give the kids what they deserve is is where I would really say the frustration came from for me when those things got shot down. Um, but why it makes so much sense now, like it's what the kids deserve to have enough help around them. If we're willing to give them the help, like, let us, don't keep us from giving them the help that they need. So I think it's great for the sport, um, for a lot of sports, that fourth paid or one additional paid coach, was in a lot of sports, not just softball or baseball. Um, I think a lot of sports expanded and it's just going to benefit the athlete more than anyone.
0: As as far as you know, Shippy, was was it shot down or was the reason for taking it a while to pass because some smaller schools with some, some less, you know, uh, robust financial budgets for softball, is it just tough for some of those schools to put another person on staff?
1: Yeah, I think uh, – ultimately I think the vote came down to the power five uh, athletic directors. If I'm not mistaken, I wouldn't quote me on that, but um, I think they really had the main say and two of three conferences voted in favor and three of the, or two of five voted in favor and three of the five voted against. And so it didn't pass. Um, And that was coming from power five, but yeah, I mean, it's hard. I, I think about it all the time. Like, I get paid and coach G gets paid and these kids really get paid to like come out here and play softball, which is awesome, but we're not making any money back. (laughs) Like this is not a revenue sport. So like we're fortunate to even be able to compete at the level that we compete and have the nice things that we have and the nice uniforms we wear and the bats we swing and the travel. Like we spend a lot of money um, as a sport and it's not like we're really giving the university any of that back. So, like, it doesn't – I get where they're coming from. Like, it, you can't just pull money out of thin air. So, um, I know that that's hard, but it's, it's awesome that they figured out how to make it possible.
0: You mentioned Coach Kenny Gajewski. Ben and I wanted to ask you not about coaching with Kenny Gajewski, but when you were at Syracuse, you came back to Oklahoma State and shook his hand – as a, as a member of the orange what what was that like?
1: yeah that was weird uh i uh my co my head coach at Syracuse allowed me to do that, which was really cool um it was really cool of her to do because that was a cool moment for us um but yeah no it was weird it was frustrating it was that game was easy for me to cheer for syracuse like that's that was my team like i we wanted to beat them, no doubt. Um, What was hard is when, like, our basketball teams would play each other. Uh, Matt and I actually went to Brooklyn when Syracuse played Oklahoma State in Brooklyn. And Cope and Combs came up and went to the game with us. And I was like, is it bad that I'm cheering for Oklahoma State? And, like, I didn't really feel that guilty about that because I didn't have as much of a tie to Syracuse basketball. Um, So that's when it got weird. But, no, here it was easy. I mean, I wanted to take them down. Unfortunately, they were the better team at the time. Um, and put a hurting on us, really, but no, it was fun. It was a really cool moment.
0: What brought you back? And I think, obviously, there's a lot of things to point to, your family's love of Oklahoma State, your playing career here. Was it, was it just that simple when moving from, from Syracuse to, to an unpaid position at Oklahoma State? Or did you maybe have the vision down the road to be where you are now um, with uh, you know a, a, a great job at Oklahoma State?
1: Yeah, I mean, this is home, so I think to most people it's probably a no-brainer move for me, but I think it was a good career move, too. Uh, It wasn't that I always – I mean, yeah, it's a dream job to be able to be here and be the hitting coach. I mean, if you would ask me that three or four years ago, I would have said the same thing. Like, it was a dream job. But um, Coach G and I had a lot of talks about the fact that, like, there's not a position open. Like, you can't come here expecting that to be a thing. I came here because he's a great mentor and um, I think being on this staff and being around people who were winning championship or not, I guess winning championships, we got there um, in 22. But uh, if you're around people who are constantly going to the world series and winning at a high level, um, you can learn a lot from them. So I knew that just being around and seeing kind of the back end of how coaching staffs have to work and, um, and practice and do all of those things and still be competing and winning at a high level, um, that that was going to serve me well in my career long term, whether that ended up here or somewhere else. Um, I still thought it was a good move for me to be around this caliber of, of a program um, that would serve me well, no matter where I went. Um, and I still feel that way. But I'm just, it's a blessing every day that I wake up and I get to coach here.
0: How has it been as a hitting coach? Any different from your your previous years on staff at OSU?
1: Um, I mean, yeah, just my day-to-day stuff is different. You know, I'm spending more time with hitters, whereas I was coaching the outfield, and that was my main focus. Um, so I would just say, like, my day-to-day work is a little different, um, but I still get to have the relationship with the athletes that I had in the past. Um Not a ton has changed, but just yeah, I spend more time in the hitting facility than I used to. Uh, But that's my passion. And that's what I love. So um, it's been crazy. I tell people all the time, I don't even feel like I sit at my desk anymore. Um, And I'm sure there's a lot of things that I need to sit down and just do. Um, But I get to spend my day hitting and working with hitters. And that's my passion. So it's been awesome.
0: With taking over for Coach Clorid, do you have a a specific style or philosophy? Have you had time to develop um, a a certain way to coach these hitters?
1: Yeah, I mean, I would say that there was, like, we differed just a little bit, um, and that's okay. I think that I would say my philosophy has all been probably pretty much the same for the past few years. I got to coach hitting at Syracuse a little bit, um, so it wasn't like, I found out about this and I was like, Oh, I need to figure out what I'm going to teach these kids. Like, it's not that at all. I I feel, um, very confident and established of what I kind of started with. Like, we know this is the route we're going to go and we're going to go to it quickly. So, um, one thing I will say that we tried to with the kids was like, give them some ownership. And I think you get, we're coaching a top five program. Um, And so we have top five athletes like they are legit hitters, legit athletes, and they come into us that way. It's not that we just develop them into these really good kids. Um, They were good before they got here. That's why we recruited them. And so giving them some freedom, you know, and some ownership back in what that they what they were doing, um, because they all came in as good hitters. And it's our job, yeah, to sharpen some things because you're going to face some really good pitchers, but they all know how to hit it's just kind of freeing them up to do that and putting them in the best positions to use the swing that they already have. Um, so that's what I would say. Like we did kind of first thing was to just kind of give them some freedom and some ownership back to go out and hit the way that they've always hit. Cause they hit a lot more in the years prior to getting here than when they're here, you know, they've been hitting for many, many years. So um, they're good hitters. It's not like we're, making them good hitters. They were good hitters before they got here.
0: There's a story I've heard about you, Shippy, where as a player, you would practice your technique for getting hit with pitches. Um, obviously, that's not quite a, a hitting drill, but have you had your, your players practice that drill or, or incorporated that as a way to maybe generate some extra offense?
1: You know, no, but you bring up a good point. Maybe we've got to throw it in there for practice, you know? Um, I wouldn't say it's our priority. We've got some hitters that are better than I was. So I needed to get on base a little bit more, you know, they don't need to as much like a Michaela work. I don't want her to get hit. You know, I want her to hit the ball. Carly Godwin, you can get out of the way so that you can hit one pretty far. Um, but yeah, there's some kids. We tell them all the time. We're like, stand your ground. If they're going to give you a free base, take it. Um, but yeah, no, you're right. It's a good reminder, Ben. We got to work that into the, the rotation.
0: What speed were you putting the pitching machine on when you did that?
1: Oh, it wasn't that bad. It wasn't that fast. If you take a pitch right, right, it doesn't hurt because it glances you. It's the people that, like, completely just get, like, shotgunned in the back. Like, that's when it hurts. So if you practice it, it actually hurts less,
0: you know? How much padding did you wear?
1: None. It's just my elbow guard. Just, like, normal. It's not bad. I understand, those, that'd, that'd, be a, that'd be a tough pitch to
0: go in day one as the new hitting coach and say, Alright, we're putting the machine on 72.
1: I, <laughs> I should have tried it, <laughs> just seeing what their face was. Like, what is she doing? I probably you get fired for that now, guys. I don't
0: know. Sure. Um let's go let's go big picture, because maybe this was one year after you uh you know started coaching, or maybe it was last week, but What's been the hardest part of your coaching journey?
1: That's a good question. I would say my first two years were really hard for me. Um, not like the coaching, but realizing that coaching softball at the collegiate level is probably only about 25% coaching and 75% like counseling or like day-to-day office work, planning practices, planning travel, planning recruiting, like you're on your computer a lot, um, which you wouldn't really think of as a coach. Um, So I think it was hard for me to just realize kind of twofold. It was hard for me to realize how much went into coaching. Like coaching softball is easy. I feel like my knowledge of softball was taught to me from a very young age. So that was something I was comfortable with. But Now you're having to book hotels and book rental cars and book these things. And I'm like, no one taught me how to do that. I didn't go to school for this. Um, So a lot more involved than just coaching softball, especially at schools that have a little less resources for softball. Um, So that was hard. And then also just being young, I think my first two years, I figured out a lot of things that I guess even just like the tone that you use or the confidence you exude in the kid, like to the kids, um, is really important. And I think it was really good for me to have those couple years um, and kind of humbled me a little bit. And sometimes where like the girls would be like, I don't feel like you like me. And I'm like, oh, okay. I need to work on my tone because I think you're great, but I'm just trying to make you better. Um, and all those things, you know, you go through when you do something for the first time. So I'd say my, two, my first two years were definitely the hardest for me um, just to get my feet under me and kind of learn a little bit about myself um, to be a better coach for the people I was coaching.
0: So I'm curious, and the last question I have for you, coach, is how do you how do you prioritize your next step? Or is this is this a dream job? Do you want to be a head coach eventually? Would being a head coach somewhere else not be worth leaving Oklahoma State? Um, what is your uh, what's your ultimate goal, or do you even have it?
1: Um, I don't really even think about that anymore. I think, I know that God has a plan. I don't know what it is, but he'll take me wherever he wants to. I don't have any plans of leaving this place. I love Oklahoma State. Like I said, my family and I, we bleed orange. Um, I know I want to be a head coach one day, but to be very honest, I feel like that's very far down the road. Um, I love working for Coach G. I feel like he teaches me a lot about who I want to be um, as a head coach. And well, I mean, he's really good about when something hard happens, he'll kind of bring me in and fill me in on like, here's where I went wrong and here's where you can do better and learn. Um, so he mentors me every day, but I have n- I'm in no hurry um, to get out of the position I'm in. I, I love it. I- I'm happy here. Uh, this is an incredible program, um, an incredible community, and-, and I'm very happy.
0: Oklahoma State has certainly been better For Vanessa Shippey-Fletcher, thanks so much for joining us on the show today.
1: Thank you. Thanks for having me, guys. I appreciate it.
0: I really appreciate you listening to the show today. If you like any of what you heard, be sure to leave a a like. Subscribe to our show on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. We're everywhere you get your Oklahoma State content. Uh, Be sure to subscribe to our newsletter. That's a huge help, and it's easy to do. The link for that is going to be in the YouTube description. It helps us out a lot and keeps Oklahoma State content coming your way.